Welcome to Narda Gusson Teaching Broadcast. I am Narda Gusson, your host, and I thank you for joining me right here on His Royal Diadems Radio, where we share and glean from the Word of God each week. My prayer is that your time spent with me will be both encouraging and educational so that you can be equipped and empowered in the things of the Lord. Now join me as we tune in to a broadcast already in session. Glory to God. I do have a word from the Lord, and I believe that this word is going to speak to our hearts. And and this word will transform your life if you apply the principles of God's word through faith and obedience. You know, um, I thought of that little song that said, we are together again, praising the Lord. We are together again in one accord. Something good is going to happen. Something good is in store. We are together again, praising the Lord. Abba, what a pleasure to come before your people. I take it not lightly, but consider it a a righteous honor. I ask that you now just touch these lips of clay and speak a word to encourage and direct us in the way we should go. Keep us as the apple of your eye as we desire to, you know, learn and grow each week with you. And and so we thank you, Lord, that you will be with us through these airways every week. And Father, I cancel every spirit of distraction that would attempt to hijack the ears and hearts of the listener so as to keep them from hearing your word of truth. Holy Spirit, teacher that you are, open these scriptures and teach them to us, and make them real. Open our spiritual eyes for our hope and our total dependence and reliance is only in you. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Well, once again, welcome, and and welcome to this week's continued teaching on the Armor of God series. We are on Lesson 3, and in last Thursday's teaching... In lesson two, I spoke about the belt of truth, and I do pray that there were some nuggets there that you were able to take away, such as that the truth must be the believer's disposition in all things, that the low and belt must be permanently, uh, permanently grounded and established in God's truth because it is what all the other uh, uh, weapons hinge and depend on. And that the truth of God is indivisible and it never changes from generation to generation. Glory to God. And most importantly, that God's truth never needs updating. So it will never, ever need to be modified or modernized because God's word was true in the beginning. It is true today and it will be true throughout all eternity. Amen. Glory to God. So today we're going to investigate a little closer, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. We want to know exactly what it means and how do we apply it uh, to our lives, uh, you know, today. Our foundational text is going to be taken from the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14. And it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the ruler, world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, 
and having all done all, <clears throat> excuse me, to stand. To better um, comprehend how the believer uh, is to conduct his life and live after his conversion to the Lord, I am deeply convinced that we can only understand life when we begin to see it as the Bible sees it. I believe that this is why the Word of God was given to us. We live in a world that is established and controlled by human society that, that is comprised and exposed to illusions and deceptions and all kinds and types of untruths, which are ambiguously intermingled with reality. So to be able to discern through twisted motives and distorted perspectives and, and all these twisted ideologies and reasonings that we see out there, and, and they have so much power to influence and impact families and our beliefs and our cultures through our daily living and interactions, we must come to the Bible, amen, to learn truth. And then after we learn truth, we learn how to apply and implement those truths accordingly. Last week, um, <clears throat> we learned that the truth of God's Word uh, established within our personal low and belt uh, suffice to say, is what will set our perspective straight, thus strengthening the soldier man or the believer's position, amen? And once our value systems are righted, this is why Paul begins with the, uh, the belt of truth, this piece of armor then begins to do its job, and that is to counterattack and strip away at the confusing uh, illusions or the tricks and misconceptions, if you would, that the enemy would throw at us in our day-to-day life. Uh, the Lord, you know, he's, uh, he, he knows the beginning from the end, and he saw ahead of time, and so he had provided to us uh, a way that we can live righteously, discerning, not through the physical means, but through the spiritual, and the reason why teachings like these are necessary, amen, because it's for our growth. Now, let's discuss this unique piece of armor in two parts. Uh, for what purpose does the breastplate of Ephesians 6 serve? Well, the breastplate was a central part of the Roman soldier's armor, and it provided protection for his vital but delicate organs like, uh, like his heart, uh, the lungs, his kidneys, and, and all the other things that surround, you know, those areas. So if the soldier had no breastplate, he was in real trouble because he was exposed to easy attack. But with an effectively strong and sturdy breastplate, the enemy's attacks were rendered ineffective and useless. And, and now it didn't mean that he never took a hit. On the contrary, this meant that any blows he did receive or he did sustain, once it struck the breastplate, it made a loud banging, clanking noise, but it, but it could not penetrate. And this excites me. And, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but first let me, let me ask some questions uh, for us to ponder. Have you ever taken a hit? I mean, a blow that was supposed to knock you off your feet and into a comatose state of being. I want you to think about that for a second. Has your, ever, has your heart ever been hit with news that nearly killed you? Has your heart ever suffered a blow that you did not think it was possible to ever recover? How about your lungs? Has trauma ever hit and beat upon your chest that it almost took your breath away? 
If your answer was yes to one or all the questions, behold at the miracle of your breastplate. You are still here. You are still standing. You are still singing. You're still pushing. You're still pressing, still believing, and you're still hopeful. And it isn't because, you know, we're cute and we think we've got it like that. It isn't because of our righteousness. Like if we had something to do with it, hear me, beloved. It is the grace of God, the unmerited righteousness that he gave us through his son that covers our chest where our hearts reside. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 61 and verse 2, and it reads, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call out to you. Whenever my heart is overwhelmed, whenever my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a tower of strength against the enemy. You see, friend, the breastplate of righteousness is something we put on. And, and what does this mean? What, what does this even look like? When we receive Yeshua as our Lord and Savior, it means that the legal grounds of our verdict, which uh, was to be condemned in our sins and eternally lost forever, right? It shifted from a guilty state to now having right standing before and with God. It means we are no longer slaves to sin, but we're heirs instead to the promise as sons and daughters of God through Yeshua the Son. And when the breastplate of righteousness is employed, our heart, our emotions, they are safeguarded in battle. In other words, it has a safe place, a place where we can be open and vulnerable, naked before God. Yes, a place to rest upon when it feels it wants to give up, give in, quit, faint. Have you ever felt like that? At that resting place, that resting place is what adequately preserves and protects against the attack. Because when I should have fallen into a million pieces, when my heart was viciously bruised, when the dream was stolen, when the world was shattered, when the obscurities of the night season crept into whisper, I am nothing, I can't do it, I can't make it, or I can't take this pain anymore, Lord. The breastplate of righteousness that is held and secured by the belt of truth. Hear me, friend. These are what kept me from falling apart. It was in those moments of attack and pain that God's grace was made perfect in my weakness. Is it making sense now? You see, the heart, the heart is one of the most commonly uh, repeated grounds of brutal attack against the child of God. If, if we were to reveal how often our hearts have been jabbed with feelings that flooded it with, you know, with inadequacies, failures, unworthiness, constant guilt trips and shame and condemnation. And, and, you know, these are all things that wrestle from within the heart of man. And these attacks, they are specifically designed to deplete us of our joy and strengthen the Lord. But the breastplate of righteousness, 
It serves to remind us that we are hidden behind the walls of truth himself. And, and, and that's being, you know, that's Yeshua, the son of the living God. And Paul reminds us in Romans 8 that there is no condemnation to those who belong to Yeshua, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Listen, friend, it isn't by our own merit that we could ever stand righteous before a righteous God because our own righteousness is equated to that. In fact, it's on par with that of a filthy rag. Now imagine that. And so we come before God and stand before men on his merits, not ours. Because we only came to the Lord on the virtue of his imputed righteousness. In other words, he, he gave it to, he just gave it to us. He gave it to us freely. This is how we began our life in God through the Son. And that, my friend, will never change. You know, the Apostle Paul went under the pressures of discouragement. He learned to utilize the breastplate of righteousness and, and greatly to his advantage. And this is why in the midst of his struggles, he could boldly declare in Romans 8, 33 to 35, you could read it for yourselves, who can accuse us? It is God who justifies. Who can condemn us? There is therefore now no condemnation to those in Yeshua. Who can separate us from his love? Nothing can separate us. And then he lists, you know, he lists the things and concludes, for in all things we are more than conquerors through Yeshua and his anointing. Amen. Ezekiel 33 and verse 13 reads, when I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousnesses shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Hear me, friend. Once we have put on the breastplate of righteousness, we must best be sure to never take it off. The book of Ezekiel 33, uh, 33 is, a, is a quick reminder that wearing our righteousness is not just for social events, but a lifetime commitment of action to continue to do it God's way until the return of our King. So now that we hopefully have a much clearer understanding of what the breastplate of righteousness is and, and how it operates, Paul here in Ephesians uh, thir uh, 6 and verse 13 commands us to take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And how do we do that? We do it through the means of obedience to his truth and his love, which, by the way, are the two ingredients that birth integrity. It is a refusal to no longer yield to the compromises and conveniences in our lives. In Ephesians 4:17, Paul writes to the Ephesians, and he's very clear, you know. He says, you must no longer live as a Gentile. You cannot continue giving excuses about your weaknesses. You cannot go on defending and justifying your failures. You must stop your lying, your cursing, your stealing ways. Your, immora your immora immoral ways and your harshness toward one another, your unforgiveness, your jealousies, covetousness and envies, 
stop your strife, your gossip, and your petulance. And have you ever met people who allow their moods to dictate their manners? That's what petulance is. It's a grumpiness. It's, it's, it's like they're irritable all the time, moody. He pretty much lets them know that there are no more excuses left. But in place of those negatives, he encourages us with some positives. And he says that we must show tenderhearted, uh, ten, to be tenderhearted and forgiving in love. For the believer, there must be characteristics and, and attributes that really cannot be described in terms of personality. There's got to be that warmth and that, you know, that glow that radiates and emanates from the life of the believer. That they don't even have to speak a word, amen? That you, the moment they walk into the room, something radiates and shines. One that can be seen by the work of God within them. Proverbs 14, not 14, Proverbs 11 and verse 4 reads, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. So what does righteousness have to do with a breastplate? <laughs> it has everything to do with a breastplate. And in closing, friends, hear me good. Just like a soldier without his breastplate, without righteousness, we leave ourselves exposed and an open target to death. But with righteousness, which is having right standing before God, it will serve like a powerful breastplate to frustrate and impede the fatal attacks of our enemy. Father, I have obeyed your voice. I have delivered your word to your people. Now sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. May your word ever provoke us and push us, and yes, God, even shatter us so that we are awakened out of our spiritual slumbers and complacencies. Let the reality of your word, God, speak in the midst of lethargic uh, behaviors and patterns that keep us from maturing into seasoned saints of the kingdom and teach us how to yield our hearts in humility before this word. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries teaching broadcast. I am Narda Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week same time, same place, for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed Word of God, where Yeshua is Lord, and of His kingdom there shall be no end. Shalom. I love to be in God's presence. I love when His wind blows into my atmosphere and consumes me. Worship is an entertainment. It's more than an emotion. It isn't just singing, clapping, hands, and making noise. Anybody can do that. But real worship will cause you to disrobe and become broken. Become vulnerable and exposed before the King. It will require you to unveil and break open your alabaster box. Worship is an on-purpose fanning of the flame of your first love causing the oil to pour out. True worship opens you to a personal encounter of intimacy that invites and invokes the presence of the King to come in. Worship is the most beautiful thing I know.